0: Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a 100 different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Were prohibited by and T-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit coxcom Internet for details.
1: From the era that brought you names like Chamberlain, Russell and West. The Chamberlain, he's got it.
2: Jerry West made it from the other side of the midcourt strike.
1: To the glory days of Magic and Kareem.
2: Johnson is on there celebrating. Liam Abdul-Jabbar is on the brink of an NBA all-time record. From a
1: time where last-second shots were expected. Here comes Kobe.
2: From way outside. Got it!
1: Oh, man! Oh. Gets it to LeBron. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James! And rings were handed out like candy. Here's Jordan. Yes! All over. The Chicago
2: Bulls have won. It's Duncan Dynasty with your host, Garrett Bougay, and it starts right now.
1: Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty alongside my co-host and fellow SBC alum Corbin Ford. I am Garrett Bougay and uh For this episode, we're going to be talking about the biggest news in the NBA, which is that the number one overall seed, the best team in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks, are done after losing to the Miami Heat four games to one. I mean, this is uh, obviously we kind of saw this coming. After they got down three nothing, but it is still a little bit. Uh, you know, you still thought maybe they they had a chance, maybe they could steal Game Five and and potentially get Giannis back for Game Six. But no, the Heat hold them off, and uh, the Bucks' uh, season is over. And I'm sure it's going to lead to a lot of of articles tomorrow about uh, the the future of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's almost like he's a free agent
2: this year or something, um, which is hilarious because, you know, we have a whole another year. But he, here it is. Um, it, it was shocking. I, I will say that. I mean, going down as much as, as fast as they did, you know, after 3-0, that's kind of the definite. I think we all knew it. But then when they won game four, I, I want to say maybe I gave them a 35% chance of winning game five. And if they did that and Giannis was going to be able to play in game six, then, you know, then it's a, a toss-up again.
1: expect this to happen right i don't think too many people too many people around the nba community did i i also had bucks in six or seven i I thought it was going to be a competitive series i thought miami certainly was was playing good basketball and prevented some some uh unique challenges to this bucks team but man oh man it's uh uh, it's it's pretty shocking looking at it now and saying that Milwaukee lost and, and didn't even make the conference finals after the season they just had and after having such a great year last year as well, getting within a couple wins of, of making the NBA finals in, in 2018-19. But, uh, you know, now that uh, we can kind of look back in the, at this series with, with some hindsight, do you think this was more, you know, the Bucks? When, when they got to Orlando just were never able to reach their, you know, pre-shutdown levels? Or is this more a matter of the Miami Heat in the bubble are a significantly better team than they were prior to the shutdown? Can I say a little bit of both? Yeah, of course. I feel think-
2: Giannis is something after the, after the fact to um, home court advantage being a big issue, not having that from Milwaukee. And, yeah, they seem rather listless at times for sure. And role players, you know, not showing up, that was definitely a big thing because Giannis played pretty well throughout. He could have, I, I, I'm of the opinion, he could have done more, but he played pretty well. The numbers they put up are, are numbers you'd expect for him. Uh, Chris Middleton played well and definitely assumed a lot of the usage and shot making down the stretch from Milwaukee over the last couple of games. But role players up and down the line. You know, moments here and there for Brook Lopez, Dante DiVincenzo, um, West Matthews, George Hill, and others. But more often than not, it was lackluster. And so, I think some of that was on Milwaukee for sure, but also Miami. I mean, Jay Crowder shooting a three-ball like he's a career 44% three-point shooter out there. You know, Jimmy Butler playing as dominant as he was. Bam Adebayo had been already effective against Milwaukee season, he was continuing to do what he does. Tyler, like, it just felt like Miami was clicking all cylinders, so many weapons, and Milwaukee just seemed just totally underwhelmed at times, you know, especially early on in the series. So later on, you know, you had the, the energy uh, that comes with desperation and pride of a number one team, you know, trying to stay in and, and, and really put a fight up. But throughout the first couple of games, it it,
1: it it felt like the Bucks got hit in the mouth and they didn't recover. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely that it is, it is a bit of both. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we we have to discuss with this, uh, as crazy as it may sound, Mike Budenholzer's, uh, you know, he might be on the hot seat here. You know, obviously he won Coach of the Year last year. They had, again, the best record in the NBA this season. But he has proven over and over again that he is not a good playoff coach. He got absolutely outclassed by Eric's bolster in this series. And, you know, I I just was writing down before we recorded here that uh, a few of the, the of his mistakes throughout this series you know you talk about games 1 through 3 when they when they get down 0-3 he's playing Giannis and and Middleton no more than 36 minutes a game and you know especially when you get down 1-0 or even 2-0 in a series it is a must win situation you've got to be playing those guys 40 plus minutes um and you know you've seen nick nurse for for the raptors playing the likes of kyle lowry and fred van fleet basically 46 minutes a night so you know there are uh, the the this year's coach of the year certainly thinks that uh, uh you can play more than 36 minutes of course bud said had that uh, quote in uh, in the press conference i believe after game three that uh, 36 minutes is the ceiling um which is uh, which is pretty ridiculous but you know yeah. he he, he used Marvin Williams uh, instead of, you know, when, when he would put him out there as the backup five with lineups, he still would just have Marvin Williams execute the drop-back defensive scheme when I thought the whole reason that, uh, you know, they brought him in was to be a, 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 a guy that can can allow them to switch some. And that's really the the main thing Marvin Williams does better than Ersan Eliasova is switch uh, and, and his mobility out on the perimeter. You know, you also talk about the... Uh, in, in this game specifically, you know, that third quarter was really what cost them. The, the Bucks just could not score, and I'm watching that whole third quarter, and Eric Bledsoe is playing a, a ton of time, even though for the game he was 2 for 12. He was absolutely horrendous offensively, uh, and he was out there for large portions of, of that drought. And then also, Kyle Korver only got six minutes, even though... I thought Corver looked relatively comfortable out there this series, and he's a guy that when your offense is struggling, you know he can he can knock some shots down for you, and, and he didn't see the floor in the second half. Uh, I mean, there was a few. You already mentioned a
2: few of the myriad coaching decisions by Budenholzer down the stretch that were just befuddling. Um, one again, we're gonna all kind of circle back around that, but the numbers that you give your star players in the playoffs, you would think that all the resting that you did for these players in the regular season, if you're not resting them for the playoffs
1: what are you wrestling them for? I'm just, I don't know. Right. Especially when you have a team as, you know, uh, the, the cast is pretty good for the Bucks, but I
2: think as we saw, they're a little, a little top happy in terms of the superstar talent that you kind of need to run throughout the course of the series. And so the fact that that didn't happen, that was shocking. I liked the use of Marvin Williams over Elias. So like you said, in terms of switchability, um, having someone who kind of replicates some of the offense without taking too much of the defense off the table. But then you don't bring in a guy like Kyle Korver who you needed that spacing. You know, you had moments where uh, Dante DiVincenzo was taking um, pretty bad-looking threes. Pat Connaughton was taking some dumb-looking threes just early in the shot clock with just not even half of the accuracy of Corver, That if you even have him sprinting around, just to threat of him would open up so much more space for Middleton that you wouldn't have all the creeping that you did at the nail that, that was coming on from Miami throughout the course of the series, you know, once Giannis went down. So that was confusing. Uh, he just thoroughly got out-coached. And my, I don't think... I always thought Boudinholz was, was a little overrated as coach. Anyway, getting back to the the, the Spurs East Atlanta Hawks team, like there's some basic good principles. There's something there, but I I think he's more in the top ten coaching than like the top five.
1: Right, like I would say he's arguably the best regular season coach, and then I maybe one I of the worst postseason coaches. Uh, you know, exactly. The meltdowns are right up there with Nate McMillan in terms of not being able to adjust until it is. You know what I mean yeah uh it is uh, uh yeah not a good look and and speaking to this whole organization and, and you mentioned it it already feels like Giannis is a free agent of course he's a free agent in the summer of 2021 but you know when you get to the last year on the contract that's your last opportunity as a franchise to potentially trade him if you know he's going to walk for nothing um so you know that's going to be something that's in the news that the players and, and coaching staff and, and management of the bucks are going to be asked that question every day for the next, uh, you know, 365 or so days. Um, so, so it is, uh, it, is, <laughs> yeah, it is, uh, it is a concerning situation for, for the bucks future. And, and you talk about, you know, some of the, some of the management issues that led to this sort of collapse in the second round. Um, you know, the, 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 the choice to not re-sign Malcolm Brogdon last off-season, and instead they got uh, you know a first-round pick and a couple seconds. They they chose not to to utilize those picks to acquire a player at the deadline, and you know instead just hold on to him. and And this team is in win-now mode, so it seems silly to be holding on to picks. And uh, you know, I, I think Malcolm Brogdon would have uh, would have made a difference in this series. You know, especially with uh, with Giannis on the floor, you know his ability to make plays, not only spotting up and 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 hitting catch and shoot jumpers, but the ability to tack off the dribble and also be a secondary playmaker. Uh, they they desperately needed that, especially given you know the the history of, of Eric Bledsoe coming up short around uh, you know playoff time. Exactly, and then and
2: Historically, he's had one good series in the last couple years that I can remember offhand. I think, um, Boston, I think last year, the year before, no, I think the year before Scary Terry wrecked him. Um, basically, last year is what I remember as far as him having like a standout series. Aside from that, we know he's a a pretty good defender and he can kind of get to the lane at times, but he's a woeful shooter and I mean, he's not the guy you want there, you know? Malcolm Brogdon was perfect. I don't know whether he wanted to go and it was a matter of him trying to get a bigger role and also the Bucks. Not you know wanting to pay that much money to him, which I would imagine the latter, like you mentioned, was was part of that. But they didn't try to replicate. They didn't try to bring out in another piece for it. They just okay, we'll just gather internally. Like you could have kept Bledsoe and Hill and Rockton if you really wanted to. But to choose between them and arguably pick the not arguably, but pick the lesser of you know the lesser option in terms of perimeter shooting and offensive creation. Um, also in spite of with Giannis and also with with his absence, it just wasn't there. and You can see it time and time again over the last two games without Giannis on the floor, what the team was. And, you know, I say um, shout-out to Chris Milton, well, shout-out, but I give uh, major props to Chris Milton for really coming through, making some big shots, you know, taking in some of that role and, and performing admirably in that spot. But like you said, the lack of that perimeter shot creator or that consistent perimeter creation really... Bit the bucks down the stretch, especially through those four and a half minute loves they had, where they had you know one point in the last four minutes to zero points in the last three and a half, and that happened a lot of the
1: last two games. Yeah, it's uh you know it's it's going to be dicey the the future of this team, and you know you, you talk about this core, the likes of you know Middleton's in his late twenties, uh, Brooke Lopez, uh, Eric Bledsoe, uh, these guys are all in their prime, you know the. Last year and this year, really, and and none of those guys are going to be getting better. They're all going to be on the decline. So when you talk about Giannis, who's still in his mid twenties, he's got, uh, you know, to look for the next decade of his career and, and where can he he win championships? Where can he find success? You got to question whether uh, Milwaukee is the is the correct place for him. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because you know behind the scenes they've done a great
2: job of not only being socially aware, just one of the intangibles of an organization, but really kind of making it so the honest feels like home and not really kind of uh, by all accounts uh, ostracizing their franchise player, but at the same time if you're not surrounding that player with pieces that are needed to win reliably, then that can be an issue and also, just because you get pieces that the player may want if they're not successful, the, the, the Thunder, I remember reading a piece about that with OKC while back, Kevin Durant won a lot of veteran players and OKC accommodated that with the likes of um, Caron Butler and Derek Fisher and um, Kevin Martin. But those guys at the time they came to OKC were past their prime. They weren't the players that were needed to win as an organization. Yeah, you can act, yes, obviously, to your star player. But at the same time, you need to ascertain what is the best fit for that player. And, and, you know, that's what the Bucks have to do. I would think by all accounts they've done what Giannis has kind of wanted as far as having pieces and such. But you need to do better because at the end of the day, the winning what's going to come on the table and for a pending free agent I mean there is so much talk there's been so much talk and there's a trend over the last couple of years of any player with a year or two on his contract where might he go but players are listening to that too and if you're not putting out the prop on the floor to make a player go you know what I am comfortable here and we have the best chance of winning and they still say we need to do the X, Y, and Z then you have to be concerned and as Milwaukee I mean I would be a little concerned
1: yeah uh, it's uh, you know if, if you're in Giannis' shoes, you know, you've got to look at, okay, the ownership chose to, uh, instead of put up the money to keep Brogdon, they chose to uh, focus on saving cash and, and making our team worse. I mean, that was the decision they made. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you, if you look at the rest of the core, I mean, who else is, is young and exciting that can build with Giannis? I mean, They've got, yeah, DiVincenzo, (laughs) who, you know, I think is going to develop into a quality starter, but he's not, you know, going to be a Robin to Giannis' Batman. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. You know, I heard, I heard on, uh, I believe it was uh, the the Hollinger and Duncan pod where they, they uh, talked about Giannis potentially being a great fit in Dallas. With uh, with the likes of Luca and Kristaps, and I couldn't agree more with that. That would be absolutely a devastating trio of players, uh, and oh and I, I think it would be great for Giannis too to just be more of the role of in transition. He can be the lead ball handler and and you know make plays, but then in the half court, be more of the screen and roll man with Luka Doncic handling most of the playmaking. Responsibilities. I think that would be devastating. But yeah, there's there's quite a few teams to me that uh, you know. Speaking of the team that that uh, just beat him as well, that uh, that provides some some more young talent around Giannis. That uh, yeah, I wouldn't be too confident if I were Milwaukee. And 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 frankly, if Milwaukee gets any sort of indication that Giannis will leave, you almost have to trade him, don't you? Because I mean, just having a guy of that caliber leave for nothing is uh, a little bit too too much for an organization like that to bear. Yeah,
2: you, you're, you're stuck within a rock and a hard place if he decides that's the worst possible outcome because if that's the case, you got to do what you got to do. You know, capitalize, get the max return, and keep it moving. Hopefully don't do a decision like the Cavs did with Kyrie where you, you know, <laughs> pick, a, pick a set of players or go for
1: a deal that is actually not beneficial to you. You know what I mean? You so, mean you don't think right. a, a haul of... Uh, uh, Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas for six months, and uh, Colin Sexton was uh, was a good package for Kyrie. You know what? I hesitate to say this, but no. Okay. <laughs>
2: but yeah, exactly. Like that's the key. You have to make sure that if you do, if he if he requests that or if he's not, you know, uh, pleased with the way it's going, then you 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 move, you move quickly, and then you make sure that you do a full return. Again, I think that a lot comes down to ownership, and if you can't even build around a player right now to win. I don't know if you can then trust that same front office to build to rebuild. you know what I mean? So uh, there's a lot of I would look upstairs first, first ascertain where Giannis' is, is, headspace is at, and then kind of go from there. But they've done all the goodwill. They've had his brother on the team. They've they've tried to you know make certain moves. It's just that the moves that they did outside of trying to make Giannis happy were easily apparent to cut cost and sacrifice talent in that span. So that that's that's where
1: Milwaukee finds themselves. It's unfortunate yeah and uh, and again the fact that they you know these last two years both both seasons having the best record in the NBA and they have zero even NBA Finals appearances to show for it not a, not a good sign but uh, let's let's move to talk more about Miami because you know we both said that we thought it was a combination of Milwaukee not playing up to the level that we expected but also, some of this is that the Heat are a better basketball team now than probably they've been all season. And, you know, there's there's a lot of factors that, that go into this. I mean, you talk about Goran Dragic averaged over 20 points a game in this series. Uh, as, as a starter for this Heat team, he has looked, you know, in peak form playing like an all-star. And also off the bench, Tyler Hero has been absolutely phenomenal. He's actually been getting the minutes... Uh, uh, you know he's he's gone up in the rotation over the likes of Duncan Robinson, uh, because he's been such a good you know obviously off ball shooter, but then a playmaker as well. He's uh, you know he he kind of put this Game Five in this series away with with back to back plays in the pick and roll. First was a lob to Bam uh, when Brooke Lopez came over, and then the second was a beautiful left hand finish high off the glass over the contest of Lopez. So, yeah, I mean, you, you talk about the the forward play that we knew was, was solid with the likes of Butler and Bam and, and Crowder and Iguodala. But, you know, if the Heat are going to continue to get this play from their guards, they're a very dangerous basketball team. They are. I mean, it gives them a lot more weapons
2: alongside that one-two punch of Jim Butler and Bam Adebayo. And different guys stepped up. You said Donnie Robinson's been a weapon all season. He was, you know, effective in the playoffs. Even when he wasn't making shots or really getting shots, the gravity – of him moving around the floor just opened up so much. Tyler Hero came down big down the stretch, almost won the, the Heat game four, definitely made big plays to, to seal game five. Uh, he was a monster, and you're right, when you have these guys, you know, giving different contributions, Kendrick Nunn, you're near rookie of the year, not doing anything. No, I'm just kidding, I had to name drop him. But the point being, like, you get these guys, and, and when they're bringing up contributions like this, and if it's sustainable, you know, they have a rhythm, they work on their game, you have, it's going to be an interesting series uh, of them and I want to say Boston, but you know, whoever they mean the Eastern Conference Finals because right now, Miami is is is, is fine-tuned. You know, Jay Crowder's shooting great from the floor. He's another weapon. You you Especially when he's shooting like that. Offensively, he's, giving, he's bringing things to the table. Defensively, stop defender. Alongside Jimmy Butler to form just a, a, a havoc-wreaking defense. And Andre Goddard off the bench. I mean, this Heat team it's something else, especially right now. And I think it's is them picking at the right time. Do I think that they're better than the Bucks, just um, man-to-man, roster-to-roster? No, but they were better than to beat the series, and, and they're in the Eastern Conference Finals now. So, uh, I mean, what can you say to that? But, wow.
1: Yeah, you know, Crowder was, was four for nine. He's shooting over 40% from three in the postseason. Yes. And, you know, with Crowder... It's never been an issue of his uh, willingness to take them. He's always been good in terms of his volume, but, and, and if he's hitting uh, you know, a good percentage like he has been, he becomes a legitimate like, positive offensive player and, and provides really good spacing. You, know, you talk about having Duncan Robinson, Dragic, and Crowder in that starting lineup and you you factor in that Jimmy Butler has started to get a little bit more confidence in his jumper and all of a sudden that a starting lineup that maybe was uh, you know average to slightly below average shooting the basketball is has now become significantly better and then the other big adjustment you know in the bubble compare, for the heat compared to the team that they were prior to the shutdown of course was was spolstra taking Myers Leonard out of the rotation, putting Bam Adebayo as the full-time five. And, uh, you know, I think that has really done wonders for this team's defense. They've gone up to another level. And then, you know, Kelly Olenek also has, has filled in as the backup center and provided uh, a nice little, uh, you know, alternative and, and gives them a, a different look, especially offensively with his pick-and-pop ability. Yeah, that versatility,
2: like you said, of a is a different, is a different stretch altogether and a nice change of pace to the s- defense you have all over. Now, Miami's scheme in general makes it so that there's weak spots, but like ultimately they're a very stout team. But then you bring in guys who can really stretch the floor and it's, it's something there to, to throw you off and keep you on your toes. And so the chess game that you can play with these players when they're all playing like they are right now, um, it makes it very interesting for Miami and they have a team that of, of solid guys, but. When they're performing at the level they are, and like you said, with the moves that they have right now, the way that Coach Spolstra is utilizing the lineups and matchups as, you know, needs vary and also just stylistically, it, it's making Miami really, really dangerous.
1: Yeah, they uh, they have looked absolutely terrific. And, uh, you know, when you factor in that Spolstra kind of has his rotation figured out for the most part, uh, everybody seems to be playing well. And, you know, they, they also have this offensive system built in that, that uh, just creates good offense for them. They run a lot of pick and roll. They run a lot of off-ball screening actions. They run dribble handoffs. They, they do a little bit of everything. So no matter what as a defense you're taking away, they've got some counters. They've got some other things that they can go to. And, you know, they pretty consistently have five guys on the floor that all can handle the ball a little bit. Uh, and and usually at least three guys that are are really good threats from downtown. So you know, given their offensive system and and how well they move, they you know have the ball movement and the man movement. They are just uh, they're a difficult team to to keep down for too long.
2: Exactly, and it's like at that point. I mean, I think aside from I'm trying to think of a good. I guess we'd have to superior start talent consistently because this Miami team. I sucked. On, I'm not gonna lie. I really thought that a toss-up with Indiana was more in the cards, and that I definitely didn't think that they would get past Miami. But looking at them now, you have to do a reevaluation evaluation of And like you said, it, it's it's gonna be pretty tough. It's gonna be they're a tough out. I mean, I didn't think they to be easy out to begin with. I, I definitely saw them as an out, but right now I'm starting to form my head around them kind of advancing from the Eastern Conference Finals. I I know it's early, but just as they've been playing as of late, I mean, are uh, you're, you are you somewhere on the same wavelength there, Garrett?
1: Yeah, I think they're going to be able to compete with whoever they get in the uh, the conference finals, and you've got to you've got to think too that maybe they would prefer to, to face a team like Toronto, just given the fact that uh, you know Boston will likely improve if they advance by you know adding back Gordon Hayward to their rotation. Um, so, but but yeah, I think they. Uh, with how well they are playing on both sides of the basketball, I mean, again, they just, you know, regardless of, of how poorly Milwaukee played compared to what we all expected, uh, they did just knock out the team with the best record in the NBA, and they did so pretty easily. And you can't say it was because Giannis got hurt because they got up 3 0 with Giannis out there. Yeah, you, you can't discount that exactly. The fact they got there with him
2: on the floor and just easily kind of relatively dispatched him. I mean, I mean, Giannis wasn't hitting anything outside of, you know, finishing around the rim. His jumps out had, had escaped him. You know, it comes and goes as is. His free throws were a mess. But they, they took him out. I mean, they let him get his. They shut everyone else around. Then when Giannis went down and shipped over to Middleton, they did a good job of corralling him. And, 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 you know, he got numbers, and he's a, he's a, a top 15 player. But they, they did a good job of holding him in check as well. And you're right. I mean, they're just a very, very solid team. I'm, I'm surprised that I would be talking about them this late to the, the postseason because I really, really... Really did see the meet thrown against Milwaukee, but the way that they did it, and the fact they
1: did it as you said so easily, it just it makes you think. And it's 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 pretty fun too that the three teams left in the Eastern Conference playoffs probably have three of the top. What would you say, five coaches in the NBA? Yeah, yeah, easily. I mean, these guys are master tacticians, and we're all seeing them on one side. Well, well coached uh, Eastern Conference uh, Final Four. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, was there was there anything else about uh, either of these teams or the playoffs in general you, you wanted to get off your chest before we wrap up here? Um, not really. I mean, we talked about this just before we came on, but uh, Marvin Williams retiring after 15 years. Happy trails. Uh, oh, yeah. Great, you know, great player, great vet. Uh, I don't know if you have any words to add about that,
2: Garrett, but someone who's been around for a while. I mean, it, I didn't even realize it was 15 years, but, you know, drafted – uh, number two in 2000, in the 2005 draft um, and then just putting in Rourke, Uh Career averages, you know, double figures, 10 points a game, a career, uh, 36% three-point shooter, a guy who played 1,072 games. I mean, he's been around seven years in Atlanta, six years in Charlotte, you know, two in Utah and then his last uh, little state in Milwaukee. Um, to, all I gotta say is happy children. man. It's kind of crazy when a guy who you just think of as like a standby in the NBA retires and it brings you back to wow it has been a while like in your basketball watching experience that yes the time is actually passing and these guys are actually kind of not only going through their career but just growing up, like growing you know alongside you in a weird kind of way so it's one of those that bring back to your I was like Mark Williams retiring isn't that a bit early and then you're like no 34 you know 15 years
1: wow yeah it's um, but still it it is a bit surprising given that uh, you know you, you see a lot of players in the NBA now play even into their late 30s uh, and especially considering, you know, you, you mentioned it, he was the, the second pick in the draft, but really, you know, was was kind of a bust initially. He just really didn't, uh, um, you know, was, was kind of a, a tweener when the NBA was still sort of playing with uh, all teams, playing that traditional, you know, 6'10 <laughs> power forward type player. And it wasn't until... You know the the NBA started to evolve a little bit. That I think Williams sort of found his role as as a stretch four. I think he you know he maybe came into the league a little bit too soon. Um, and and oftentimes when you see players like that, you know players that maybe didn't have a great start to their career, but the the latter half has been much better. Typically those guys want to continue to play because they're playing some of their best basketball. They're they're at their highest value later in their career.
2: Yeah, exactly, and, and, and they, they age a little bit better, you grow into your role a little bit more. I mean, as it stands of anyone, I mean, he's played literally the most. I mean, obviously, he's also been relatively healthy. You know, Chris Paul's been down, but of everyone in that 2005 draft, he's got 50 more games than Chris Paul.
1: I mean, as they go right now. I, I didn't realize Lou Williams was in that draft as well. Wow, yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I – uh... Wish obviously we both wish Marvin Williams the best, and you know, make whatever decision makes you happy. You know, and uh, yeah, as you said, he's he's been doing this for a long time, so I'm uh, you know wish him nothing but the best in his uh, post-playing life. But uh, Corbin, this was uh, this was a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much as always for for coming on and, and taking the time. Always a pleasure, Garrett. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Duncan Dynasty. Please, if you can, if you have a moment, go to iTunes and uh, give us a rating and review, preferably five stars, and uh, if you could give any thoughts about what you like about the show, that would be much appreciated. We are also on Spotify, so uh, you can give us a rating on there as well. If you'd like to find some other content outside of this podcast, you can find me on Twitter, at Garrett Bougay. that's G-A-R-R-E-T-T-B-U-G-A-Y. I will be, uh, tweeting various, uh, NBA thoughts as well as some, some thoughts on some other, uh, interests of mine, including soccer and film and television, so, uh, if you're looking for some of my takes throughout the, the course of the week, you can find me there. You can find my co-host Corbin Ford on Twitter at Corbin NBA. That's C-O-R-B-A-N-N-B-A. NBA. So uh, he uh, he does a d- does a good job on Twitter as well. He's very active. I'm also doing uh, some work as a contributor for Rip City Project, which uh, does all things Blazers. So if you're looking for some written content, you can check those websites out. Corbin also does his own pod on the side called NBA Today. Uh, he, uh, he does some, some fun work over there. So so please, I encourage you to check that out. But uh, thanks so much again for, for listening, and have a great rest of your day.
0: Leftovers or the DMV
2: Number 97 or
0: house cleaning